kind of music in America called soul. Perhaps having the greatest impact on popular music today is the soul sound of Aretha Franklin. In different periods of our history, it's been called different things. Spirituals, jazz, blues, rhythm and blues, gospel. It's a kind of music with intensity of feeling that bridges the gap between religion and entertainment. And here we go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I'm going to kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Most impressive. You are on the sit list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 106 of the sit list. I'm your host, Arash Dolachai, and my co pilots for this evening's crazy ass adventure of a lifetime the young, the restless, Carlos Buargoyo, the man with the shoulders the size of Calcutta. Mm. Less is more. Gonzalez. Yeah, that's what I am. The man that plays the guitar like no one else in a band called Throw the Horns. Mr. Eric. Is pretty neat on a scale of one to ten. I'd give him a seven and a half. Struthers. How is everybody doing this evening? Tired. Boo's really tired. Less? I'm good. Eric Struthers? I'm great, man. I'm on vacation. I go back to work tomorrow. Don't want to, but it's been a super cool time being I, away from work. I, what's some cool stuff you've done? Well, it's funny that you should ask. I and my family journeyed to the faraway distant land of Indianapolis, Indiana. Wow. Why did we go there, you say? Well, I'll tell you why. My kids are little, and it needed to be close enough to home that if, boy, oh, boy, they just are behaving <laughs> mo the most poorly of any child ever, we could turn around and go straight back home. How far oh. are you away from Indiana? Uh, from Indianapolis is about four hours, four and a half hours. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Not bad. Not bad. So we, t we were able to visit some family along the way. It was a pretty, pretty good trip, man. But the, the Children's Museum in Indianapolis is awesome. If you got kids and you're anywhere close to that place, go. Okay. Go, go, go. And while I was there, I happened to go to my pal Luke Cruiser's house, Luke Cruiser of The Bad Motivators, and we were able to record an episode of The Bad Motivators in person. One day we'll have the luxury. One day, hopefully, we'll have the luxury and the honor to be looking at his golden locks. Across. We will, man. I got, a, I got a pretty good feeling about winning the lottery, and when I do that, 
man, we'll just, uh, I'll have my Learjet take me out there and we'll record. You know what, Eric? I was legit going, once Eric wins the lottery, it's th- things are going to change for all of us. Dude. <laughs> for all of us. I things seriously are, was like. Things are going to change. It, I it, can feel it. It hit me while I was sitting in traffic that I won't have to sit in traffic anymore. Because Eric's going to hit the lottery. I was like, dude, it's all going to change. Right. That's right. You know what? That makes a guy feel good when his friends hope that he wins the lottery instead of themselves. That's pretty great. <laughs> All right, Eric, we need to get into something. So for the Sithless listeners out there, we're going <laughs> to get into something right now that Les definitely doesn't want me to get into because this, is, <laughs> this has been a running argument, and I want your guys' take on this. This has been an argument from the first maybe week that I met Les. <sighs> Eric. I'm going to ask you first. Yes. If you win, let's just say some outrageous number, $500 million. Uh-huh. Would you give your friends, your closest friends, would you make them millionaires, your closest friends, each one of them? That's tough, man, because I got a lot of friends. Okay, let's just say your closest and... friends. But, but Les doesn't have a lot of friends. So, oh, so oh, wow. let's just say Damn. 10 friends. So you're only losing. Let's just say you want to give them each $2 million. You're only losing twenty million out of the five hundred million. Is that something that you can possibly do, Eric? Yeah, I could do that. I would have to ask my accountant what they think, because I would definitely get what they call a family office. Right. Where I had somebody else managing the business of my finances and household. They would hire and fire the help and so on. Right. Exactly. I've done a lot of homework on this because I am going to win the lottery. Yeah, you're going to be prepared. You're going to be prepared. Okay. That's right. I've got a plan in place. Right. Boo? Yeah, of course. Your closest friends. Absolutely. Okay. Me too. And, and if I win $500 million, I'm going to give my closest friends each Probably ten million. Whoa, whoa. Okay, because I don't love my friends that much. Well, let's say I give a hundred million dollars away to my Uh closest friends. I'll still have four hundred million dollars. Okay, in this fantasy world that we live in, Mister Les Gonzalez can't give his friends in a fantasy fictional world. He doesn't want to make his friends a fucking millionaires with him. I get it if you really don't want to internally, but at least just say you do. It's a fucking fantasy. You have friends that are listening to you, but he said, no, I will take care of everybody, but I'm not going to give them money. No, nah, man. I would basically, like I said, if you need a house, I'll buy you a house. If you guys need cars, I'll get you a car. I'll give you 100 G's each and be like, here you go. You guys can have that. Why That's your money. Why 100 G's, you cheap just ass? Chase, just listen. Damn. This is a fake world. At least be cool in the fake world. In uh, my fake world, I want to be able to just have everybody go, hey, Hook me up, bro, and I'll say, there you go. Okay. You need a house, cool. You You can make your friends millionaires because you want to, you know, you're going to be a millionaire. You want to hang out with millionaires. You can make all your friends millionaires and still hook up your friends. I even said as far as what would happen to is it would be at least two trips a year. We'd go to Ibiza. We'd just party it up. Oh, two trips. Don't worry about that. You know, I would take care of all that stuff. Oh, that's nice of you. But here we go. It's like, no, man, you just got to give us a million dollars, man. That's what. I, if you win $500 million and you don't give me a million dollars... You're going to murder me for the other... Well, you, yeah. <laughs> Damn, oh, dude. God. I got to be totally, totally honest. I don't like the direction of this conversation. Now that I'm thinking more about it, I would be like the dude that breaks up with his girlfriend right before Valentine's Day and then gets back together with her on March 1. So, like, if I win the lottery, I will obviously have an attorney or someone I retain to to claim it for me. Sure. And here's how you'll know. 
we'll be trying to record an episode and everything you say, I'll take offense at, even though you <laughs> didn't mean it like that. You'd be like, dude, what is your deal? And I'll say, you know what, Raj, I just, I just don't talk to me for a while, man. When I'm ready to talk to you again, I'll call you. And then I'll wait until I claim the lottery. <laughs> I'll wait two weeks and then I'll say, hey, man, I gave it a lot of thought. And as long as you're, you're willing to admit that you were 100% wrong and I was 100% right, then we could be friends again. <laughs> but, will you, but Eric, will you, ask, will you tell me that you won before you ask me that question? Because that will change the no. answer. <laughs> that will change the fucking answer. And you, won't get For your, sure. you won't get your $2 million. Or uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh my god! All right. Okay, if you know what, I've changed over the years. I, <laughs> oh, have you? Oh, that's I nice. have changed. You're gonna give years? us six hundred thousand. But like I said, you, uh, like if you want to go yeah. buy a Lamborghini, let's right. go, man. You're gonna we'll buy me a Taco Bell too? Is that I'll, cool? I'll buy you a Taco Bell, dude. You want me to buy you a Subway and say, "Here's your franchise." Can I get a go long? Because I know you're cheap ass. So I'll give you all inch. the longs you need, man. If that's the case, but I think our listeners want us to get. Dare you do that to me, dude? I'm just two weeks in a row, man. You try to throw me under the buzz. That podcast gold. Amanda and Jess kicked your ass last week, so you kicked mine, and now you're trying to. By the way, Amanda and Jess, thank you so much for coming on and pretty much taking the show over and kicking ass. Yeah, it was a great podcast. I had a blast editing the podcast, and uh, we really appreciate it. And we got a lot of people DMing me. I got. I got people texting me saying how great of an episode it was. And it was all because of you guys. That's for sure. Because it's not us. No. <laughs> we do this every week. It's definitely not us. <laughs> yeah. So, man, and Jess, Rebel Girls, thank you very, very much. And we don't have any guests this week. We wanted to kind of like chill a little bit. We've had so many great guests on. So we wanted to get back to our shitty selves and <laughs> have just us, if that's okay with you, Sithwest listeners. But before we get into the geekdom, let me talk a little bit about some stuff that went down. I got the honor to be on Steel Wars Hyper Chat this last Monday, and we talked a lot of Star Wars. Of course we did, and we had a blast. We uh, had a great old time with Rashad was there producing it. Steel was there hosting it. We had Emma Fife, and she was amazing. She's on, I think she's on Collider Schmodown, and she was really knowledgeable about Star Wars. And we talked about do's and don'ts of Star Wars, so maybe... I don't know. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that a little bit later, but you definitely check it out. Go to Steel's site if you don't know it. Just go to SteelWars.com. You can find it there. Go on YouTube and just look up Steel Wars and you'll see my nervous ass for the first 10 minutes. Pretty much uh, calm down a little bit after a couple of Tecates. And Jerry the Persian was there. And Jerry, Jerry's his cat. So it's the first time he's ever had two Persians in his apartment. Yeah. Uh, we had a good time. We had a really good time. <laughs> Both of them were pussies. <laughs> I couldn't even that was a good one buddy I couldn't even talk shit on <laughs> damn oh, that was a fucking good one <laughs> oh sweet baby Jesus this is gonna be a good one tonight damn <laughs> should we even should we, we even use the show notes uh, let's just talk about lottery and pussy <laughs> let's, let's, let's just let's do that Jesus oh lord Okay. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Please. That's, uh, that was just one of those ones. you just couldn't pass yeah. up. No, it's okay. All right. Let me give the shenanigans out real quick. We are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Podcasts like Now This Podcasting, Rogue One, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, First Order Transmissions, Idiot's Array, Tarkin Stop Shelf, Podcast 2187, The Cargo Hold, and Finger with Randy and Jason. Check them out. They are all phenomenal podcasts. You can catch us on Twitter at the Sithless. Boop. At the Sith List, boo. Crunch Crunch is a cheapo. At Cheapskate. 
Cheapskate McGee. <laughs> Cheapy McCheapers. <laughs> that less is more 78. The hair, who has funny jokes all of a sudden. At Eric Strathers. Yes, please. So catch us on Twitter. Follow us. Send us some DMs. Send us some questions. We have an email, thesithless at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page, The Sith List. And we have a hotline, 707-65-GEEK1. That's 707-654-3351. And we have some merch on Public. Check it out. Guys, I am currently working on a website. So we are going to have a website soon enough. Sizzle. We're going to have Sizzle. That's right. We're just going to have information on there, links on there, a gallery on there. So you can check us out and see what we're doing. And it should be a lot of fun. I was putting the pictures in yesterday. and Old memories of Eric Struthers came up from celebrations past with he's he's sitting there with boo sitting there with lorena i don't have <laughs> one with eric unfortunately but we'll make memories this next celebration eric we will man you and i buddy you and i oh and also by the way leave some itunes reviews we'd really really appreciate it and i think that is the shenanigan everybody else doing okay boo you're just tired yeah i'm just tired but besides that i'm i'm uh, i'm good how is the bootney train rolling along Are you still we're still all zooming down the tracks yeah yeah full speed ahead everything's great you know the tracks are smooth there's no uh there's no obstructions in the way yeah so great everything's fantastic great. yeah thank less, you for asking less works going straight into craziness yeah he's on the crazy train it's on the crazy train not the bootney train the crazy train yeah chugging along chugging thing. along and eric's just got off vacation sorry that you have to go back buddy that's eh, okay man it's a, the dream had to end sooner or later all right, guys, let's get into the box office. The Meg. Oh, sweet Jesus. Devoured competition at the domestic box office. Get it? God. Devoured. Yeah. This is a movie about Meg Ryan's life, trials, and tribulations. That's funny. Thank you. Just kidding. It's Warner Brothers' oh. big budget shark thriller. It opened well above expectations, big, biting off. Big budget. Get it? Biting off. <laughs> $44.5 million. And it opened in 4,118 North American locations. That was easy enough to nab the number one slot over Mission Impossible Fallout, which also picked up $20 million in its third outing, and it's up to $162 million. We are going to talk a little bit about Black Klansman in a second because I got to watch it. But Black Klansman debuted in fifth place at $10.8 million, which isn't too shabby uh, because it only was out in 1,500 locations. And it's Spike Lee's biggest opening in over 10 years, which is pretty great. And we're going to talk about it. It's got a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes and an A- minus on CinemaScore. So if you're into the scores and the percentages, this movie is up your alley. By the time you hear this also, Crazy Rich Asians will be coming out. And that is supposed to have a massive weekend box office. The first Asian-led studio film to hit theaters since the Joy Luck Club. And that is 25 years ago, by the way, people. So Crazy Rich Asians will get a start over 3,300 locations. And it has plenty of buzz behind it. And also, if you like Mark Wahlberg and you like shoot 'em up Bang Bang movies, Mile 22 is out there. So that is your box office and your what's coming. For Mile 22, you guys should also see it because uh, there is a dude who's crossing over rather quickly named Iko Uwes, who is, uh, if any of you guys... No independent movies. There's a movie called The Raid. Yep. Oh, yeah. And uh, he also was in Force Awakens. Really? He had a bit part in Force Awakens. But yeah, this dude is a legit Asian action star. Is he the guy that they're trying to cross over? Yes. 
He's the main the main star. Of, I'm of not the saying raid. like crossover as a crossover actor. I'm saying crossover no. to the border because they're supposed to take him to somewhere. Yeah, to take him. Yeah, he yeah. he plays in in the yeah, and he's gonna be he's the, the main new, guy. Yeah, he's okay. gonna be the new Jet Li, Jackie Chan. Right. He's a good looking dude. Uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Tony Ja. Oh Tony yeah, Tony Ong Bak. Yeah, that dude. Yeah, Tony so, Ja. Oh fuck, Ong Bak. I forgot about that. Yeah, That's amazing. He's he's the next in the long line of of action of Asian action stars that are going to come over and he's he's a stud so if you don't see it for mark Wahlberg, see it just for him alone right and very happy for the the asian community and they're very pumped up about this and this should be very cool yeah not that one oh crazy rich yeah and i'm, I'm happy for them too for, well, for no, having, I mean, a, having yeah. a lead in this one too yeah carry the yeah make it all big how Everybody dare you guys should. all lump it up in one a week it shouldn't be spread it out guys <laughs> too many crickets you waited 25 years and now you're just gonna just lump it on all in one week? I know. Spread it out. And then hopefully this starts a trend, man. Hopefully we're not talking about this 25 years from now, about another movie that has an Asian-led studio film. Let it all be normal for once. Yeah. Just, just be normal. normal real people. life. Yeah. Like real life. Like that's who we interact with daily is the people we see. So why do we have to have it right. blocked off? You ready for some Star Wars shit chat? Or should I just say some Star Wars, some Star Wars chit? Because it's not a lot of chat. That is correct, sir. But I do have some stuff, Eric. Did you well, know? Hit me with what you got, man. Hit me, baby, one more time. I will. Or hit me with your best shot. Fire away. Oh, good God. Let's get into some Star Wars. Evangeline Lily reached out about being in Star Wars. Did you know this, Mr. Shirley? I did not know this. Well, this is what she had to say. She was at the Boston Fan Expo. She said when she found out J.J. Abrams was taking over and doing The Force Awakens, well, this is what her quote was. When J.J. was first announced that he was going to do the first Star Wars film, I reached out to his production partner for the first time ever since Lost ended. Now, they had obviously had a connection on the amazing show, one of my favorites ever, Lost. I never requested anything ever before, and I said, I want to be Leia. Make me Leia. So this is interesting because obviously she didn't know that Carrie Fisher was going to return to the saga and be Leia herself. She probably thought this was going to be a prequel, but I thought that was pretty cool. She's a great action actress. I love her, and I think she probably would have been a pretty cool Leia. That's kind of interesting. She's a very good actress. I could see it. I could see it, but it would take a little bit of um, convincing convincing to flesh out a story with a with a younger younger leia i would i would need i, I don't know more than just her just saying that i want to be leia kind of thing i don't know because well, well, she, she would do a very good job but i don't i don't see how that could work with with the game plan that they had and stuff like that of, of yeah. continuing the saga i'd be like that's she would do a great job maybe if they do like a prequel movie or something okay, like that here's a question for all of you and i'll and uh since you're speaking i'll talk to you first all right. if they did a prequel leia would you want a young leia like a millie bobby brown or would you like a leia like in the age bracket of evangeline lily Ooh, can uh, i have so what you're what you're saying is this pre a new hope or between the uh Return Jedi. of the Jedi yes, and yes, the yes, Force yes. Awakens. Thank you for clarifying. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what it would. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Could I have Thank both? You, yeah, you, you can. Yeah, but which one would you want to see first? Most? No, no, no. no I would have them both. Oh, in the same, in the movie. same movie. Yes. Ooh. So, but so you're gonna go young, and then you're gonna skip forward, or you can have flashbacks. 
exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So I, I would see, I would see That's her being idea. being raised by uh, Bail Organa, uh, her being a a princess, stuff like that. Her getting her her bearings and who she is and her fieriness and all that, and her becoming more of a leader and things like that. And then, and then see her after Return of the Jedi, uh, rebuilding the uh, the Republic and you know the Senate and all that stuff, and but still seeing that there's you know there's trouble on the horizon kind of thing, and still being general mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. I would, I would love that. Gotcha. I don't know, man. I mean, she's tough. She's she's cool. I think she's capable. It would have to be. I, I'm just really trying to figure out what she would do in between there. It would have to for for it to fulfill kind of like what she's good at, or at least what I've seen that she's good at. It would have to be as things start to get worse mm-hmm. and it gets closer to the events of The Force Awakens as opposed to, well, I don't know. I suppose it could be immediately following Return of the Jedi because it's not like everything just turned to great as soon as Darth Vader tossed the Emperor over that thing. We've exactly. had canon material showing us that, you know, the battle kept going on and you had sort of like this power play between several members of the empire. That's like, now's my chance to yeah, take the, over. The canon, canon pretty much has set that up for us. So, you know what? She could do that. That'd be cool. I could see her kicking ass and taking names. Now, does this uh, make it make the case to be fit into a Luke and Leia movie? Ooh, you're talking about Sebastian. I'm saying, yeah. Oh, oh, wow. God damn, man. So man, man now we're talking. Like you get a Luke and Leia movie him? with the fla- flashbacks to <sighs> Millie Bobby Brown as Leia. <sighs> you get Luke as he's training Kylo Ren and the other Jedi. Or the no, new. No, that's too far off. Yeah, that's a little bit. That's he's a little bit older far. after that. Uh, no, because, well, no, because, because Leia... you're talking about how it starts getting worse after Jedi, right? Oh, and the timeline shows that he had Kylo when he was a little bit older, right? Yeah, and, yeah and, but even but, though. Ben was a kid. Yeah, but you would see like Luke finish out his training, uh, find out new shit, explore new worlds kind of thing. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, because to get Sebastian Stan Mm -hmm. and to have Evangeline Lilly, that means it has to be legitimately 10 years after Jedi. Okay, but here's the thing. Age-wise, right? It would have to be a little bit after that. In Bloodline, doesn't Luke start taking him out, taking Ben out at a younger age as well? If I'm not mistaken, I remember that. Like Is like Ben important? finds out about Leia and Vader when he's not with her and he, and he's correct. with Luke. Correct. And I think he's a right. teenager, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, that feels right. Okay, so is that when she's basically mothering him? Would that even carry over to him being born? I don't I don't know. Great question. I mean, we want to try to project the timeline yeah. here. But it, it, and make it work. How about this? Are we getting detailed into what the movie would be about? Do we want this movie? If Patty Jenkins comes up to Lucasfilm and to Kathleen Kennedy and says, I want to make a Leia film. Absolutely. I would take a Luke and Leia film if they could Luke make and it. Leia. Yeah. And you get Millie Bobby Brown, Evangeline Lilly. You get okay. Sebastian Stan. Wow. The internet would explode. And yeah. And you just go for it. See, I I I like what Les is saying because you could have a double storyline movie where you see them connect at, at the end of of Return of the Jedi and then Luke wants to train Leia but then she needs or she sees that she would be better suited 
you know, being a, being a leader yeah. and then Luke goes off and, you know, you know, becomes the Jedi master, you know, that, that, that temple, we see. So, that yeah, so we see them separate. They're together and then we see them separate into, into different people, into different ideologies and stuff like that. And at the end of the movie, they kind of have like a like a like a bittersweet, you know, goodbye because they know that they're yeah. they're different. They, they, they know that they're never going to connect kind of thing. Right. At, at, at the end. No, that's a great idea. But Eric, we'll never get this film. No, I wouldn't think so. Or at least if we were going to, I'd much rather it get that, say, eight to ten years from now. Yeah. There's so many other stories. That, oh, that, oh, yeah. No, I that, totally know. That yeah. film knows they can bank off and they're not going to get shit off, shit right. from. Yes. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because you're then asking risk, for it. You're asking for this. Yeah. I mean, even though it, I personally think it makes sense to do so, but ten years from now, obviously, it would be the safe. That's when you can poke your head out of the ground and be like, is everything okay? You know what I mean? Which sucks because of how toxic things can get. But yeah, I mean, that idea is something that I would hope is thrown away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it, it could be shelved for a while. It's not like I'm begging for it and dying for it. Like this needs to be the next Yeah, This thing. is just us shooting the shit, shooting the Sith and saying Millie Bobby Brown, Evangeline Lilly and Sebastian Stan would make a great Luke and Leia would cast. Be, would be pretty cool. Yes. Be yeah, pretty I, agree. I agree. Do but, you agree with the casting at least? Yes. Oh, thank you. See, 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 but, but, but with that, if we wait a little bit, uh, Millie Bobby Brown isn't going to be. That's right. She's going to. She's, she's not going to be. Uh, what is it? A teenager for much longer, kind of thing. Exactly. So, so yeah. if we wait a little bit. She's going to be aged out, and then it's just going to have to be Evangeline Lilly and Sebastian. But like, Stan. like we said, just for yeah. now on this episode, and in our in our Star Wars in, world, yeah. the goosebumps going. It's really cool to talk about, especially when there's not a lot of Star Wars not to talk at all. <laughs> There is a new Star Wars comic coming out. Oh. Yeah, I know we don't talk about Star Wars comics on this podcast, but I thought this was interesting. And by the way, I've heard that the new Vader issues are amazing. amazing. They really are good. Are you, are, you, have you, are you reading them? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, I heard they're so they good. They are. It's fantastic. I've been out of comics for a long time, and I've dabbled in the Star Wars comics here and there. I like Dr. Aphra a bit, but not enough to chase down every issue when it comes. But that... that the current Darth Vader comic is it's really well done. Some cool ideas in it out of, I guess, they're 19, 20 issues in something like that. There's only been a couple that they weren't bad, but I that didn't have me going. Woo-hoo! But yeah, very well done. Cool and, stories and Krennic's in it, correct? Let's see. Has he been in the this that's, run? That's what I heard. You know what? He was, yeah, he was in a recent one. Okay, very cool. Maybe that was the annual. Anyway. Okay, cool. But we got not just the Vader ones coming out, but obviously, but we have a Beckett number one issue released, which is pretty cool. Beckett number one releases showcasing a character we met, obviously, in Solo, Star Wars Story. Beckett reluctantly took Solo under his wing, and the two fought side by side, at least for a little while. Now, this is what Marvel put out about kind of the synopsis. The good, the bad, and the deadly. Tobias Beckett taught Han Solo everything he knows about surviving hoodlum-filled cantinas and backwater worlds. But who is this career outlaw? And why is Emphasis, one of the galaxy's most dangerous and brutal marauders, so dead set on taking him down once and for all? Find out in this original tale of a man who has gained star systems after star system at a cost that no heist can make up for. 
Beckett, issue one. I don't know when this is coming out. I don't even know if it's out. I think it's coming out this week, if I'm not mistaken. If you get this, let us know how this is, please. I think I'm going to start getting into this Vader comic. I bought about five issues, and I read those, and they were great. I'm surprised you don't get these less, being a comic book guru that you are. This Vader is supposed to be really, really good, this Vader series. I have a very select title set that I title list that I go for. All right, you snob. Are you uh you bougie are you, are you uh, Liam Neeson? I have a uh, very select, select set of set of skills. Cheapness. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Les, you win the lottery, are you buying all the comics? Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on now. He's buying the comics before he's giving the money out. That's for damn sure. My, I'm gonna have my own warehouse. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's <laughs> literally buying all the comics. That's right. All yeah. of People them. Every issue of all of them. To get to, them. Come to you. So that nobody else can have them. <laughs> Anything else in the Star Wars front that you want to talk about, Mr. Shrothers? How was your appearance on the Hyperchat? Uh, it was great. It was such a good time. It was a little nerve wracking in the beginning because I had the lights flashing on me and all that stuff. And, and, uh, just, you know, being on YouTube, I've never been on YouTube before. And if, you know, if it's not television, but it feels like television because everybody watches it now on their big screens because of the Chromecast and having the channel, the YouTube app on their TVs. I got a bunch of pictures of people like sent, watching me. Like my nieces were watching me on the big screen <laughs> and they actually, they wanted, awesome. they wanted to call in. Yeah. But it was it was great, and the content was fantastic. I mean, like I said before, Steel talked about our do's and don'ts, and we had great callers call in. And and if you uh, have listened to this podcast, a bunch of people that have been on this podcast before, Rebecca was in the chat room. Emily runs the chat room, and she does a fantastic job. So she was on there, and we, talked, we got to talk to her, King Tom. So very, very Sith list uh, family-oriented because – a did, lot of the uh, listeners were on there. Did Emily have to rein you in? No, she did not have to rein me in. We had to rein her in when the Krennic doll came out. Oh. <laughs> so. And the do's and don'ts were really cool. My do's and don'ts, uh, just real quick, I'll tell you what it was. Yeah, my do's were I want to see Lando walk into the cockpit and have his moment, but I do not want them to show me this moment in a trailer, in a TV spot, or, or any kind of like behind the scenes thing, because I think they ripped that away from me and us with mm. Mark Hamill in The Last Jedi. That should have been in the screen in a movie theater, and we should have got the feels when we were sitting down, not when we're watching it on television. But my major don't was don't mess with Ray's lineage. She is who she is. Let it be. Do not just do things just to, because fanboys are pissed about The Last Jedi. So those were my do's and my don'ts. Um, how, how about you, Eric? What would be your do and don't for episode nine? Uh, man, that's a good question. I would say that my do's would be have just enough Luke Skywalker in the story to make it feel good, but not so much where it's then why did you have him be a force ghost? I think there will be the perfect line to do that. Honestly, the way the character Luke Skywalker is, I don't think you could overdo it. I think it was, it'll just sort of find its own natural balance because you can't make it too funny. It can't be too sticky or else you're going to take away from the gravity of the movie. So do tell a good, fulfilling story in the amount of time that you have. And then my big don't, I have to agree with you, would be Ray's lineage. I think that it was an excellent move 
putting it the way they did where anybody can be great. You don't have to be anyone or quote unquote someone to achieve great things. And as a matter of fact, we just watched The Last Jedi today. The kids and I did. And when it gets to the part where Kylo and Ray are having that exchange and he says, you're no, you don't belong in this story. You're nobody. You're nothing. But not to me. The classic abuser move. I don't want to see anything added to that that make even more people go, oh, because you don't get it. If you think that's a, oh, that's a sweet moment, then you're, you're getting it wrong. I think that, I think that that manipulation and that he is trying to pull on her, I want to see more of that and don't let that flip over to where it was supposed to mean something good instead of bad. Gotcha. That's, those are two great ones. How about you, Boo? What's your do and don't? Well, I, I have a don't right off, uh, you know, right off the bat. Don't redeem Kylo. Ah, yeah, that's a, that was a big one that came up. Yeah, I, I think he's lost. He has to be lost. It's over for him. Um, you know, he's he hasn't. I guess it's hard to say, but he hasn't gone fully to the dark side. But he's fully evil. He's fully the bad guy. So you know, he has to. He he's got to go. He's got to go. You know, that's that's the only way that you can. Uh, what is it? Have some kind of peace and a smidgen of tranquility, and also, uh, I guess the don't would be the do. No, I, I, I have another one. My bad. Yeah, I, I have another don't. Um, don't kill off the entire first order because, or, or, or say that you do, or, or show that you do, because that's it's kind of hard, kind of hard to believe, kind of thing. If to have like a finite end. Kind of thing. That's what I'm saying. Where right. like, yeah, yeah, the evil's gone. No, it's not. That's very hard to do because we saw the resistance get shattered. There's no way that they can build back. Maybe just a massive dent where the supreme leader's gone, who is you know uh, Kylo now. Hux is dead. Maybe put them in shambles. Okay, but but if, in if, pieces. But how, who's going to pick up the pieces if 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 Kylo has to die? In yes. my opinion, Kylo's a goner. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Who is going to pick up the pieces? After Kylo, Hux is not capable of doing it. That's that. That's what I'm saying. Give me, show me that they are in just shattered pieces. Okay, you know, just like that. You, they can still exist, but they're pointing the fingers of who's in command. Oh, you are. Gotcha. No, you are. No, you are. No, you are. That I'd be fine with that. Emperor has no clothes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know uh, what is it? Yeah. So, but you know, don't don't annihilate them completely because I'll be like bullshit. Come on, you know, they're they're the underdog for a reason. The underdog doesn't do that. You know, the Death Star blows up, but there are still you know fragments of the Empire left. You know, right. you know that you know their massive you know space station was gone, but there are still pieces. Leave me some pieces, and then my dues. I don't want my 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 dues. Ray has to be, uh, what do we call it? Uh, definite. She has to kill Kylo. No, no, please come back. You're still good in you. No, no, she has to be a... She, she has to know what she has to do, kind of thing, which is he has to be eliminated. She knows that he's evil. He's got to go. You know, I, I I, don't want her to... She can still feel for him, but I don't want her to save, try and save him. Got it. Yeah. Got it. All right, Les, what, how about you? Do's and don'ts. Or it could be just one do, one don't. It's just what, what are you... Well, one of my do's would be don't overhype Billy D. Williams. Don't overhype Ooh. him? Yeah, don't, don't, 
It's because it's, it's going to be tough. You know what I mean? He's older. It's huh. Okay. Well, I, I just don't want an, interesting you said a that. major hype machine with Orlando, oh, Lando, Lando, and. Well, how about if they hype him and he has a, a crucial role? Now, that I understand. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then also, like you said, don't reveal too much too, about it. Yeah. You know, okay. So you, you're saying that you won't mind the hype if he has a crucial role? Yeah. Just keep a lid on things as far okay. as that All right. goes. You know? Just so we don't know what's going on. Well, I don't want Lando to be a bit well, Did player. I say do or don't? That I'm was your don't. That, was that your sounds don't. like a don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah. Just keep, keep it on, you know, keep it under wraps. Keep it close to the vest. Let us, like you said, get the feels, you know, get in a heroic theater. moment in the theater. We're all sitting there watching it, and then it's like, wow, you know, just exactly takes your breath away. If, if that's the case, if he sacrifices, whatever it, it may be, you know, just. Yeah, let us get it in there. Yeah. What's your do? One thing you really want to see. I would love to see Finn be more assertive. Okay. Not so much stumble through things. I need him to build on the momentum. Of The Last Jedi, where he actually had a plan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he, he was going to sacrifice himself. Yeah, he actually took, you know, he went for it, you know. So I want to see that grow. And I guess in conjunction, you want to, I guess, I don't want people to get pissed, but Poe kind of, was kind of all over the place for me. Okay. You don't want to see Poe in a bigger role? I do. I just want to see, give him the leadership role he needs to be in. The okay. actual, you know, he's I think in you're going to get that in this. Yeah, movie. he's in charge. Well, he is now. He they sure fly is. by the seat. Well, well technically, no, because Leia is still alive. No, no, but she's, but that's right. the general. Yeah, no, no, true, there. but 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 you saw at the end of the movie where she's like, "Why are you looking at me?" He's, uh, he's, he's the one leading. She did say that. So as well. yeah, she is still alive, but but they have to make the transition. That's true. Okay, they, so they have to make the transition. And that's from what her I want to see is the aftermath of him actually. Yeah, him being a leader. Yeah, and he is really already, feeling the weight of his decisions okay. and having to be calculated and marked and say, okay, I have to take certain things so into account. So that's another do. Yes. So Finn and then Poe. Okay, cool. Yeah, this was pretty much the chat that we had, and it was great. And the callers that called in had great points, and the people that were in the chat room had great points. Great questions. So definitely check out the Hyper Chat. The thing with Redeem and Kylo, that is a tough one in the respect that, like, I don't think there's anything you could do where it's like, okay, all is forgiven, buddy. Come on, you. I don't think it would be that, but I think it would be cool to see him either sacrifice himself or mm-hmm. it, this would be pretty mean, but to have it to where as he's dying, he sees the complete error of his ways. I, you know what? That is exactly my thoughts on how this is going to end. I think he is going to, the only way you can have the fans feel redemption for him is for him to save the resistance at the end of this thing and maybe have the force ghost of Anakin Skywalker have a little conversation with them before that at the end. And that would be Hayden Christensen as a force ghost. I think that would be pretty fucking amazing. Hmm. I don't. That, yeah, yeah, that that could be a thing. You know what I mean, Eric? Because I don't think. <laughs> well, Eric, I said this on Steel's on the hyper chat. I said, "There's no way he can 100 percent be redeemed." Okay, no, no, no way. There's no way because he took away one of our most beloved characters of all time. Not just in Star Wars, but I'm talking about in all time. And oh, for, in all fandoms. Of all fandoms. Yeah. 
And for him to kill his father in, in such a brutal way and then all of a sudden be all cool and great at the end and hold hands with Ray and walk off in the sunset, I don't see that happening. He has to perish. And I know I'm going to get some ads and DMs, but there's in my book, I don't see any other way around it. Oh, no, he, he absolutely no. has to perish. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Here? Yeah, I, I think you're right. He has to. My thing would be for him to see it all crumbling down and to come to the realization that everything he did was wrong. And as yeah. opposed to feeling like he was robbed of what he was meant to do at the end, that he screwed himself and robbed everyone around him by taking the path that he did. I think that would be a, not so much that he's redeemed, but that he realizes his royal father. that everything he did was right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because here's the other thing you saw, you heard people talking about DJ and wouldn't it be, do you think we'll see him again? Do you think it's going to be one of those things where, you know, it's kind of like with Lando where he's just doing it to save his own skin and so on. You, as I watched that movie today, I couldn't help but think that, nah, because of him, he had took a move where lots of people got killed. Oh, yeah. All yeah. so that he could get away. So, yeah, there's no... He's just a pure No dick. him coming back. Yeah, he, there's no him coming back to the, res, to the resistance and them saying, oh, man, we get it. You know, <laughs> you had to do what you had to do. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, but with, with DJ... There was no sense of he's unhappy with going. He's like, ah, I just don't give a fuck. With with Lando, you saw that he's like, no, this wasn't the plan. This is not what we agreed upon. He's grimacing. He's unhappy the entire time that you know him, him, and you know everyone else is getting fucked over. With DJ, he's like the cynic. He believes that uh, that good guys and bad guys are just they're just basically the same. And he's a profiteer. He profits from the eternal war of good and evil. He's an opportunist, but he can get you out of a jam. He can get you in a jam. You know, that's, yeah. just, that's it. O okay, asshole. You know, fine. Yeah, slicer for hire. Yeah. All right, this was great. We're not, not having Star Wars news. This was pretty cool that we talked 40 minutes about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Love it. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Let's move on to another, our random schmeels. I got to watch a great movie over the weekend, and it's a Spike Lee joint called The Black Klansman. Before we get into review, just in case you don't know what this film's about, we're going to play the trailer for you, and then I'll do a quick review. I'm not going to spoil anything because it's already a non-fictional story. It's a true story, uh, and it's an amazing story, but let's uh, see if we can watch this thing. There's never been a black cop in this city. We think you might be the man to open things up around here. Dude, the bass guitar tone is excellent. Mm-hmm. I love that song. The music was amazing. Hello. This is Ron Stallworth calling. Well, who am I speaking with? This is David Duke. Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That David Duke? God. Last time That's Topher Grace, by the way, people playing David Duke. Well, since you asked, I hate blacks. I hate Jews, Mexicans, and Irish, Italians, and Chinese. But my mouth to God's ears, I really hate those black rats. And anyone else, really, that doesn't have pure white Aryan blood running through their veins. I'm happy to be talking to a true white American. God bless white America. By the way, those weren't the words that were used. <laughs> the KKK is planning an attack. How do you propose to make this investigation? We'll establish contact over the phone. 
will need a white officer to play me when they meet face to face. You for the white race, Ron? Oh, hell yeah. So there becomes a combined Ron Stallworth. Can you do that? With the right white man, we can do anything. When's the last time they let a rookie lead an investigation? Oh, that's right. Never. <laughs> okay. Become his friend. Let's get invited back. So what kind of stuff you guys do? Cross burdens, marches. This is fixing to be a big year for us. You ask too many questions. You undercover or something? We must unite and organize to fight racism. Are you down for the liberation of black people? Power to the people. All power to all the people. All power to all the people. It's right, sister. For you, it's a crusade. For me, it's a job. You're Jewish. That hatred, doesn't that piss you off? You're taking this Jew lie detector test. Why are you acting like you ain't got skin in the game? I'm telling you, the wars are coming. White power! Black power! Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. That's us. Stallworth brothers. We're on a roll, baby. America first. America first. America first. If I would have known this was a clan, I wouldn't have taken this mother. <laughs> there is your trailer for Black Klansmen. And guys, so let me give you a quick review of this thing. It was a great film. I think it's going to be nominated for Best Picture. I think Adam Driver is going to be nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And the lead is Denzel Washington's son. Um, I don't know his name exactly. You John know name? David Washington. What is it? John David Washington. John David Washington. That's right. And he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. The storyline was just incredible because it's a true story and you can't believe what goes down. You definitely have to watch it. The direction's great. The writing's great. The acting's amazing. If you are an Adam Driver fan, this will take it another notch up because he has such an amazing range. Just is incredible what he does. He, I think in five years from now, we're going to be talking about how he's one of the great actors of our generation. He is that good. Damn. And Spike Lee has made a film that makes you laugh and makes you want to cry and makes you pissed off. And at the end of the film, after everybody's kind of like laughing, it all of a sudden turns into something completely different in the last three minutes of the film and you walk out of the theater just shocked and disturbed about the situation in the world today. Oh, see, I can't watch movies like and that. And he does a great job of inter kind of, I don't know, integrating today's issues and specifically stuff that's going on in our presidency with what went down back in 1974 or whatever this thing was. Yeah. So, it's done very, very well. I think it's it's going to do great. So wow. see, I can't watch movies go see like it, that people. in the theater. I think you can. I can watch them at home. I, I it's, can't. It's not like that. It's not, so it's not like you're going to go in there and you're going to be just like, oh my god, this is so intense. It's not. It's 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 completely different than any other Spike Lee joint that I've ever seen. Everything you'll be laughing the entire time, and then at the end, the very very end, they they just show footage of stuff that's going on today. And it brings everything in full circle. That's it. Hmm. That's it. So you definitely go watch it, Les. You, you're going to really love it. And, and, and I hope if you have seen it, please send us your emails or your voicemails about it. Because I'd like to get your take on it. But it's doing really well critically. And it's doing decent financially. I mean, it's hard to make a movie like this in a world that has massive 
sharks eating people and uh, superheroes and stuff like that. So, so, so is this like a year of major resurgences right now? Because Tiger Woods is tearing it up. That's right. <laughs> Spike Lee dropping this. M Night. M Night. Yeah. M. What's, what's happening here? Yeah. So definitely go see it. And Eric, this is something that you probably would want to leave the house and go watch if you're going to go see a film. It's, I think you would really like it. It's done really well. Yeah, I'm pretty intrigued by it. And I'll just shoot straight with you where I live and where I grew up. Why, I knew people who really felt the way that David Duke and his friends did. Right. So, yeah, it's real life, man. Don't let it fool you. Now, I have to tell you this. Also, while I was queuing up this video, I happened to see... A, a YouTube video where this some major right wing internet or radio show host is interviewing David Duke and he's complaining about how not true the portrayal of him in this movie was. David Duke is this isn't this isn't one of the articles about Topher Grace getting a threatening call or anything like that. This is David Duke with a camera in his face. And boy, that dude has had some plastic surgery. Oh, sure. But tell, telling him, you know, he's saying how, what a load of crap it is. That's bad enough. The worst part is all the comments and all the people oh. who are in favor of David Duke mm -hmm. talking about what a load of crap it is. The way that the disenfranchised white male, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You just have no idea. Yeah. Spike Lee does a great job of showing you that this can very well and happen again, and it is happening again. The resurgence is coming, and people well, are say, extra, and, you know, Yeah, the key words in there you hear again. is America first. Right. Uh, right. So that's it there. It's definitely a movie that should be watched. That's all I'm saying. Whatever political views you have, you should you should definitely watch this. Definitely. So there's your review of Black Landsman. Uh, I think you'll like it. So uh, it gets that one-fourth of the Sithless Seal of Approval. Let's go into Bond. Idris Bond. Because there's been some rumors in the last couple of days that Idris Elba is trying to get that James, next James Bond role put out a tweet about pretty much he just put Elba Idris Elba but there was a reason for that and I know Les was talking to me earlier about that today. It was put out there I saw on Twitter I'm sorry if I, I don't have the source to give credit to but ultimately it was put out there that the producers and the people in charge the studio in charge of the Bond films are mulling it over they're considering Idris Elba to be the next Bond. He's in the running to be the next Bond. And naturally, Twitter and everything else exploded with the pros and cons of a black James Bond. And then at some point, Idris took it among himself, Mr. Elba, and threw out there his own tweet. My name is Elba, Idris Elba, in, in the tone of and that James blew Bond. Up. And that blew, and that blew up. And, up. Yeah, that just uh, sent things into a tizzy also. And the publicists and the agents are saying, we are not talking to anybody. Nobody yeah. has approached us. And of course. A publication in the UK, a very popular one, The Express, uh, weighed in on this and had a conducted a poll amongst James Bond fans in the United Kingdom to see who they'd want to see. And uh, they gave him five candidates to play the next James Bond. And the candidates were Idris Elba, Tom Hardy, Tom Hiddleston, Aidan Turner, 
and James Norton. I'm not familiar with Aiden Turner and James Norton. Are you guys at all? Yeah, I was going to ask, who are they? Les is on it right now. He's going to check it out. But one question that I have on this five candidates is, where's my boy? Where's Henry Cavill? Oh. The vote on this, Idris Elba got 26% of the vote. Tom Hardy got 22. Tom Hiddleston got 11. And Turner and Norton got five each. I think it would have been a tighter race if Mr. Cavill would have been in this. So it's very interesting. And, and there's also a movement for them to pick a female version of James Bond. Hmm. So we'll see what happens in the future. James Bond 25 is coming out. Danny Boyle directing it with Daniel Craig. Yep. And his last portrayal of James Bond. Out of this group, out of the three, Mr. Struthers, Elba, Hardy, and Hiddleston. And I'm going to throw in our own little thing. I'm going to throw in Mr. Cavill. Which one would you like to see? Gosh, man, that's hard. It is. I, I like all three. I like all four that I mentioned, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Tom Hardy's a, a firm no. Okay. Probably Idris Elba. That, I, I think that'd be, that'd be a neat switch. Yeah, Les and I were talking today, and we were talking about how he would be such a rough and tough one, too. He'd be into. I really don't. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that would be cool. I don't. Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know that any of those are spot on the one I would pick if, if okay, I unlimited choices. Here you go. But it, and maybe part of that's just because I don't, I don't have that much skin in the game when it yeah. comes to James Bond. Yeah. I think James Bond's cool. And I always have, I actually used to read the novels and when I was just a wee lad. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it was he was always more of a thinker and less of, I mean, there's always been a lot of physical action, mm -hmm. but so much of it more is calculated and thinking his way out of things. So having like a slugger in there isn't that attractive of a proposition to right, me. Right. And usually I, with these Bond films, they don't go with the popular choices. Nobody knew who Daniel Craig was when mm -hmm. they picked Daniel Craig. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Pierce Bronson was on television in Remington Steel, if I'm not mistaken. But he wasn't massive or anything. So they usually don't go with the really popular pick. So we'll get to see. Boo, what do you think about this list? Who would you like to see in, in the top, the list that I gave? Because we yeah. I don't know Aiden Turner and James Yeah. Hall. I would kick Tom Hiddleston out. Okay. Kick Tom, he's great. And I would, you know, if they picked him, I'd be completely fine and with Tom it. Hiddleston's, him being popular lately is because of the series night manager yeah, which was very which good i heard he was i didn't see it but i heard he I, was very very debonair it. and very yeah. you mm -hmm. know he had that swag yeah it, it, it seemed almost like a an audition kind of thing to be james bond <laughs> yeah no it's very good it's very good but it's kind of the the bond that's not not that i didn't like but now that i have the rough and gruff more of a more of like you know strother says you know like a brawler kind of thing you know because you know, I, I see the, the debonair, smooth talking, you know, Sean Connery, which is, you know, the epitome of don't that. Don't make me get my. Oh, uh, no, please don't. No, I won't. Love of God, please okay. don't. I, I see him as being the suave and debonair, uh, James Bond, which I love watching those movies. He's great. You know, he, you know, he, he can almost talk his way out of a situation or talk his way into one, which is fantastic, but he can still handle himself. And then seeing the Daniel Craig, he can do that. You know, he's still, he can still be sly and still have, you know, a, a subtle, you know, smoothness about him. But when a shit goes down, he's going, you know, he's going to put the hammer down, which I enjoy. Cause it's that, it's that smooth, 
transition between the two of them. So Tom Hiddleston would be more of the suave Devonair, which that's tough. If they picked either one between Henry Cavill or Idris Elba, well, to be honest, out of out of the four, I'd still be happy. But probably Idris Elba. Okay. I, I think he would do a very, very good job. Cool. Uh, first of all, for the bottom two, so Aiden Turner is on All My Children. Okay. Which puts him as a relative unknown. That's interesting. And then uh, James Norton uh, was in a show, uh, I guess it was a show called Big Mafia, and he was in the new uh, reboot of Flatliners. Oh, okay. So cool. that, that's those two. You'd pick both of those guys. All right. No, cool. <laughs> not at all. Uh, yeah, I would, of this five, I'd move Tom Hardy out and put Cavill in at number two. The only reason why you have to look at every with James Bond. James Bond is suave, debonair. Uh, what I was talking about with Raj at work today when we were passing by each other. The only issue with Elba and uh, Cavill is they're monsters. Like they're just Idris Elba is a big guy. Like he's a it, it, can LeBron James be James Bond? Not really. Like he just <laughs> automatically sticks the heck out. So is Henry Cavill. So. Uh, you know, and the thing about Bond is his reputation does precede him, but he so still. So does Van Helsing's, by the way. <laughs> Van Helsing. Your reputation precedes you, Van Helsing. That's a that's an underrated movie. Hey, why aren't they throwing his name out there? Van Helsing. Oh wait, he's, he's a not fictional British. Character. Hugh Jackman. Jack Nevitt. Hugh Jackman is not British. Well, uh. well, neither is uh, <laughs> neither is what's his name, uh, Pierce Brosnan. He's Scottish. <laughs> what are you no, laughing at? Brosnan's British. <laughs> Van Helsing, he's a fictional character. That was excellent. Thank you, excellent buddy. work. I'm so I'm so proud of you right What's now. What's he talking about? You Hugh Jackman me over you. Kind of the joke about the kind of kind of overshadowed that there. <laughs> you gonna edit that all out though, so it works? No, no, no. We're, we're gonna. Oh yeah, I'm gonna edit 90 percent of this James Bond talk out because <laughs> you guys are. Well, this is important. Like, you literally, you guys. My vote would you, be Idris Elba though, just because I want to see a black Bond. I text Eric. I'm cutting 90 percent of this James Bond talk. You guys were thinking out loud and debating yourselves about who you're gonna pick. Penciling in at number two, yeah. I will take out Tom Hardy, and then I'll put Don't Jim hate Cavill. Don't be a hater. Jesus yeah, Lord. Hey, that's how you that's how you dis- discover what you think your answer is. So that's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm no thinking out loud. I'm damn it. Take that shit out of the podcast. Look, you knock off that um, list, Tom Hardy, you put Cavill. <sighs> I end up at Elba either way, but both of those two dudes literally physically stand out. That's the only issue for me as far as Bond. Okay, but so who's Sean your Connery's number one? not a small guy. Who's your Elba's my number one. Uh, well, I was just going to say, it might be uh, an audio... What's the word I'm looking for? Illusion? But it sounded like <laughs> at least a couple of times the word devonair was thrown out there. Wait a minute. Wait Wait a minute. Hold, wait. First of all, you're not going to speed past that like you didn't just say what you just said. I see the the Devonair. Tom Hiddleston would be more of the suave Devonair. James Bond is suave Devonair. It's Debonair with a B yes, it is. as opposed right. to. Got to ev- edit that out because I did say it, <laughs> oh, Eric. Right when it wasn't I said just that, you though. No, I'm right so when I said Devonair, I go. That's yes. not how you say it, my Dude, head, I think. My head I think Boo started it, my man. Did, did I? Yeah. I thought Boo I said, said Debonair. Debonair. I, I said Debonair, too. I will openly admit that. I apologize, that, yeah. It was not good. Debonair, yeah. My, my inner... <laughs> I apologize. My inner, like, word 
Police yeah, was yeah. Like, that's, okay. that's not the word. I, I fuck up words every five seconds. Are you the, kidding? The, 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 the inner thinking of just putting it out loud. I wasn't thinking about how to say it. That's he's, right. He's debonair. And okay. I'm like, debonair. Once both of you said it, I'm like, shit, it must be. Must be a syphilis. Okay. Second guessing himself. <laughs> it, must, it must be a syphilis <laughs> word. <laughs> that's. Maybe they were talking about Devin's hair. That's the four of us. We're Devin Air. That's why. Yeah. We're definitely not Devin Air. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna pick mine. Oh no, 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 no. We're moving on. We're yeah, done. Yeah, we we're already. Know yours, we don't dude. care about yours no. because we've been thinking and talking about this yeah, too much. This let's move on. Next. This is how I do Next it. one, please. Let's this talk about Stranger it. Things. Now, Henry Cavill. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Spider-Man. There's some Spider-Man news. Spider-Man Far From Home news, to be exact. A recent video posted by Spidey himself, Tom Holland, has a lot of folks thinking that Hydro-Man could be popping up next year in the Marvel sequel. The video shows Holland's great sense of humor and him taking, talking about how he does all his stunts, kind of like Tom Cruise. And behind him, there's this guy just standing there, and all of a sudden, he gets blasted and blown away by water. And it's actually his stuntman. So he was doing it while they were filming, which was really, really cool. But a lot of people are saying, because of the water, could this be Hydra Man? Now, I don't know too much about Hydra Man. And we don't have a Mojo video about the origins of Spider-Man because I couldn't find it. So we are going to have our comic book guru talk a little bit about this character. And let's just see if he knows. I don't even know if he knows. Hydra Man, Les? Uh, well, yeah, he's a Spider-Man villain. Uh, okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> as simple as that. No, uh, obviously, he went, some of his power set is to have water manipulation, obviously the strength in fighting. So he's going to be able to give Spider-Man a different style or obviously a different, uh, what is it, a different type of villain to fight against. I thought it was Nitro at first, but I totally had their power sets mixed up. But Hydro-Man would definitely be, I'm hoping he's a secondary villain, not... The primary, if we're not mistaken, it's supposed to be Mysterio, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's got to be secondary. Yeah. Or maybe he's not even involved. Maybe this fucking tiny And you know what? And that's Tom Holland. Guy off. Yeah. yeah really. And that's Tom Holland out. goofing around with the cell phone on his set. Right. And going, hey, guys, what's up? It's just, yeah. It's, oh, that teenager, Tom Holland. He's he's at a water park. Wait, he's wait, just, wait a minute. He's Didn't just he die? Tom Holland? That's that right, movie? man. That movie's not supposed Didn't to be coming out. Yeah, he disintegrated. It's not supposed to be another Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man is there? Movie. And you felt nothing from it? Yeah, you heartless monster. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Let's, 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 instead of talking about Supergirl, which they're doing a Supergirl movie in the works, by the way, from oh. Deadline reported that they're doing it, and it's going to be written by the 22 Jump Street. Um, Oren Ozil, uh, and the Cloverfield Paradox, he also did that one. And the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog movie. So they're getting that writer to do it, and it's going to be in the world of Justice League. Not the world of the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Great female character, Supergirl, happening. There's potential there. There is, but quick, quickly, just to be a jerk, <laughs> it should be Power Girl. That's, that's what I'm talking, for as, or talking about as potential. Yes, it should be Power Girl, not Supergirl. Mm-hmm. They already have a Supergirl in the CW. I know they're not connected, but... Yeah, it's a, supposed to be a great show. Melissa Benoist does a great job. I tried to watch it, dude. I couldn't do it. If they're going to put it in the world of Justice League, just bring her as Power Girl. Introduce her as Power Girl. You may just do the Supergirl movie, and then when she shows up in Justice League, if that's the plan, if they actually have a timeline set, because you know who we're talking about here, then just bust her out as Power Girl and let it happen. 
Just well, yeah, this, this could be like a that I, I guess not a prequel movie, but a look, look who I am. I'm Supergirl. Yeah. The introduction movie. Thank you. And then at the end, and then when she moves on, she turns into Power Girl. That's what I mean as far as uh, was potential that this has. Yeah, the, 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 this could be something pretty big and something that that would be pretty awesome that, that they could put right next to as far as you know women led superhero movies right there next to Wait, Wonder Woman. We well, is this because do... of Captain Marvel? Is this no, but, like their rebuttal? We can't do Power Girl though. Dang it. You just said something that throws Power Girl completely out. What, What's that? What did I say? As a female led and female icon, Power Girl is not the physical embodiment of that. Hmm. What is Power Girl? Because she's very, very uh, sexy. Oh, she's like... Oh, yeah. She's got oh, she's giant boobs oh, and the boob is. window in her Okay. Yeah, well, the they can change things. Look, they changed Tomb Raider, didn't they? Well, if they change her color scheme and don't do the overly sexualized, yeah. then great. Yeah, Which is just, instead of it having the S on her chest, she's just dressed in white with the red cape. Perfect. Cool. No problem. But there's a reason why the, the artist did that. Because he wanted the book to sell to make an and, and he wanted DC to take advantage of it Jesus and Christ. notice of it. So he said he just started drawing her mm-hmm. with more and more voluptuous to the point where we were like, oh, shit, what's going on here? Yeah. And it's like, this is Supergirl, everybody. Like, this is supposed to be Supergirl Eventually. taking her own identity as a grown up woman. How yeah. debonair of him. How, huh. Yeah. Yeah. How swab. How swab. <laughs> A swab in Devonair. Yeah, so yeah, so, so of course there are pitfalls, but there, yeah, there is there's a ton of potential. Thank you, Aaron. all right. Thank you. So you're saying that I was trying to hold it in. I was, I was, I was trying to not laugh, but dude, that's the swab just really got to me. Swab. Ouch. <sighs> Let's get into a voicemail from our friend royalty himself. We missed him last week. He didn't send one in. I love King Tom because he he sends me a message. Hey guys, I'm sorry I didn't send it in. Uh, send a voicemail in, but I hope you guys have a great podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. He's such a nice guy. Hey, he's got a sick beard going on too, man. Hey there, sick listeners. It's King Tom. Hi, King Tom. So I think I mentioned before, you know, I'm starting to get my daughter into the MCU. She's seen both Ant-Man. She's seen both Guardians movies. And I've decided that I think she can handle pretty much all of it. I mean, we're going to skip the Hulk and oh, come on. Thor Dark World, probably Iron Man 3. But the rest of them, we're going to watch in chronological order, or order of release, I should say. And, you know, we're just doing parts of the movie every night. We're not doing the whole thing. And, I, I, you know, I've seen Iron Man. I saw it years ago. I saw it recently. And now I'm watching it with her, fresh eyes and everything. I'm just amazed. You know, growing up reading comic books, I was never into Tony Stark in his 80s perm. I thought Thor was boring as hell. I only really liked the book when they were doing stuff with Beta Ray Bill. And I'm just amazed at how my opinions of these characters have changed based on the movies we've got. I really like the portrayals. I like the character. I like the characters of Thor and Iron Man. I like the way they grow in these movies that we've seen. And I I know it's not the MCU, but even what the X-Men movies, and I say the X-Men movies, not the two standalones, but the X-Men movies have done with Wolverine. I hated that character growing up, but I really dig him now. And it's, I'm just, I don't know, maybe that's a sign of growth on my part that I like these characters I didn't like before, but I think, you know, it, it's another sign of something the Marvel movies are doing right. I wanted to ask you guys, are there, do you have any characters or storylines that, you know, back before these movies came out, you weren't big fans of, but seeing them on film, 
and I'll even open it up to, you know, DC and the Spider-Man movies and everything. Are, are there anything, are there character situations that you didn't like, but once you saw them in the movies that you've changed your opinion on, or at least you're a fan of the movie versions of those characters? I'm just curious. want to make sure it's not just me. Anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for a great podcast. I will talk to you guys later. Okay, Tom, thank you so much for coming back and leaving us a voicemail. And you know what, King Tom, I think the characters and their portrayals, the actors and their portrayals of the characters have not only changed our mind. I think it's changed the mind of the comic book writers and the comic book artists. So uh, I think, you, you know, you're dead on on that one. The one character that I did not give a shit about and then now I'm very interested in is Doctor Strange. That's exactly who I was going to say. Nice, nice. Yeah, I I really could care less about Doctor Strange, but after watching that film, it, the character blew my mind. It was it was unbelievable. Struthers, you're gonna you're gonna stick with Mister Strange? Yeah, man. I that is the one that sticks out to me the most because back in the day when I was reading comics when I was a kid, that was just one that I didn't care about. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. My one of my buddies was into it. I'm like, eh. eh. Now, I will also say that Iron Man on screen, because of how you can portray the technology and what it's doing, it translates so much better than it does in comic book pages that that makes him even cooler. Yeah. But yeah, I still got to go with Doctor Strange. And, and Iron Man has become the leader of the MCU, which in the comics he was never which is what the movies have done. And because of Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal and how popular he is, he's kind of completely shifted that whole organization of the Avengers, which is crazy. Boo, what do you, what do you got? Um, the, the, well, the, not that I didn't like him. I just didn't really care for him. And I thought he was just a bit ridiculous was Deadpool. Oh, um, I just, you know, for, for some reason, the whole breaking the fourth wall and just everything's a fucking joke and all that. You know, uh, you know, profanity and things like that. I don't know. For some reason, it just kind of, I, I just put it to the wayside. Like, ah, it doesn't really matter. He's it's not, not that he's not like a real character. Yeah, Welcome. exactly. But yeah. you know, seeing the movies, I'm like, no, I, 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 I think in a movie form, I think it works better. Plus, Ryan Reynolds is fantastic, and their writing and the and 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 the world that they put him in and stuff like that, situations that he's running into, I, they have made him a very very interesting character to me, which is which is something that's very cool. Yeah, nice. First of all, uh, two things. King Tom, I've seen some pics on Twitter. You're rocking a beard. It looks pretty dope. Ooh, rocking Stay the beard. With it, sir. Very majestic on it's you. It's very hipster of you. Yes. Majestic. <laughs> and then the other thing. Really? Wolverine? I'll get to my, As my, an my, my thing, too. Yeah, later. Uh, I get it. I'm not going to say anything else. Uh, for me, through the movie portrayals and this was a character that I knew about but I never really got into it until Michael Keaton portrayed this guy and once Michael Keaton portrayed Batman for me and looking at Jack Nicholson in that Ooh. Tim Burton Batman film mm. plunged me into Batman I really didn't touch DC comic wow that's uh, pretty cool the only comic or series I read from DC was Crisis on Infinite Earth and that was if you're just don't do that. Like that's like Isn't that considered the greatest. Yeah, that's like walking into yeah. like a quantum physics room, you know, or walking into like the Manhattan Project out of nowhere and they go, Hey, you're gonna help us build an A bomb and you're like, Oh, what the Yeah, it'll Algebra melt one. your brain. Yeah. Like it's one of those things where you're just like, Holy cow, all the events that happened. But 
ever since I've don't follow Batman too much, but I look around for pinpoint and I pinpoint certain trades and storylines. I jumped on Frank Miller, Dark Knight Returns, Court of Owls, just a, a Long Halloween, just all kinds of, you know, just Hush, all kinds of awesome, awesome stories. Nightfall, where the, his back is broken. Killing joke. Killing joke. It's just, there's just story after story, and that's exactly what that movie did for me with Batman. Cool. It's great. You wanted to say something, Boo, about Wolverine? No, well, well, I, I I can understand King Tom a little bit about Wolverine, but the Incredible Hulk movie, I would agree. If you need to skip the Ang Lee one, it's it's a bit out there. It's very green. Yeah, it's yeah, very green, and and I get the artistic style. So if you want to skip that one, that's fine. The Incredible Hulk movie, it's not awful. It is. It's just very early in their whole MCU yeah. workings. It, I, I think it is. I think it, uh, it deserves its part. Edward Norton does a great job. You get an introduction to the Thunderbolt Ross, which we see still in the MCU. No, and you get the abomination. You get Tim exactly. Rock. That's my ending, and that you is get that is one fan of the... service. That is ultimate fan service. Oh my god! And you really that... think about it, you get his greatest, most powerful, yes, physical villain, mm-hmm. sheer strength, toe to toe, eye to eye. You get the abomination. Yes, like yes. you don't get three dogs biting <laughs> on the balls and that kind of crap and some <laughs> electro monster. You end, legit yeah. get. The one villain that everyone knows and is associated with the Hulk. You also get, you know, one of his, at least in the comics, one of his main moves, the Gamma Clap and stuff like that, which yes. is fucking awesome. And I saw that, I just fucking lost it. So you, sh- you should see it. And you get Tony Stark in at the, the end credits saying, yeah. Yeah. Started it all. That started it all. Snapping yeah. his fingers, going, put the team together. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, okay. Yeah, that was pretty cool. All right. Great question, King Tom. Mm hmm. We have an email from Chad. We have here's the thing. Chad sent us two, and I want to read both of them. What's up, Sithless? Sithless, I think it was what he's trying to say. Araj Boo, Rock God Struthers. Whatever you get it. So kind of old news, but Black Panther. I get the hype. I understand why it's an important movie, but was it really that good? Anywho, I would say it's okay. At the bottom of my MCU movies for me, great and amazing characters came out of it. Shiri, Okoya, etc. But as a movie, holy, okay. Anywho, am I out of line? What's your thoughts, gentlemen? That was his first question. I love the movie. I thought it was a really great movie. Is it my favorite MCU movie? No. I'm still sticking to my guns and saying the first Captain America and then also the Winter Soldier. But I think it's in my top five. But you know what? It's okay if you didn't like the film. You cannot like the film. Solely up to you, my friend. And there's nothing wrong with it. And it's not, you're not out of line just because it was a, it was a movie that was full of all African-American characters or actually just black characters. If you didn't like the movie, you didn't like it because you did also say it was amazing characters came out of it. And that's true. Amazing characters did come out of it. You can have your opinion, my friend. First of all, I, I have, I take a physical every two years and I get tested for STDs. So, so it's not, <laughs> it's not syphilis. I am clean, bro. It ain't syphilis. It's syphilis more. <laughs> <laughs> Cleaning the whistle. Oh my god! Cleaning the whistle. TMI. Depending on where that is. whistle was. Good god! All of it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it's true. All of it. Wow. I'll, I'll just. <laughs> Who the fuck? <laughs> Anyways, knows? all right. Yeah. Hey man, you cannot like it if you don't want. It. If you're you not don't out of like line, it, you don't like it. If you. But if you understand the impact, that's yes, and I think he does. Yeah, yeah. So, a lot of things don't have to be great. Just understand the the milestones that they set. Right. And he sent a message a couple days later. He goes, hey, guys, me again. 
Don't mean to inundate you with emails, but I don't know where else to turn but the Sith list. So I'm a nerd, mostly Star Wars, and close second comics, mainly Marvel. All the podcasts I listen to are Star Wars based. So this is a little off topic, even for the guys who incorporate other non-Star Wars content. Anywho, holy shit, have any of you watched Yellowstone? It's the greatest thing on television right now. It's about unnerdy and geeky as you can get, but damn, it's like Cowboy Mafia family and Kevin Costner is a boss. If you have not seen it, check it out yesterday. If you have, am I right or am I right? Thanks, guys. Yours truly, Chad. May the force be with you. You're a cowboy today. You don't act like the man from the stories I've heard. That's the thing about being a grandfather. I get to do all the things I wish I'd done with my children. <laughs> and the things I regret, I get to do different. You were right. They're building a city. Everyone's forgotten who runs this valley. I need you more than ever. You have me. What are you doing here? Same thing I always do. Fixing something you couldn't. Stagnation is death for a town, and the Duttons are the ones killing it. New chief is hungry for a fight. I'm gonna buy your ranch, and then I'm gonna pull down every fence. It'll look like it used to when it was ours. Just tell me how to fight. Everyone. A man must stand with his people. This ain't checkers, son. This is chess, and you're about to play it with masters. All I do every day is fight for this family. If you were winning, I wouldn't be here. I don't regret one sin I've committed. It's the one I'm about to commit that worries me. Mess with my family. I will chop your family tree down. Progress. Can't stop it, John. Watch me. I have not seen Yellowstone yet, but it's something that I'm really thinking about turning to. I've heard great things, and I've heard Kevin Costner is a badass. I might be wrong. Is this on Netflix? I'm not sure. I, th no. I thought I saw it. This might be on History, isn't it? I think that because there's this, there's uh, Longmire's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. And I've yeah. watched that one. That's actually pretty solid. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, I, I've, I've not heard of Yellowstone, but I've seen I saw something well, about Well, boo, it. of course you heard of Yellowstone. Get it? Hey, boo, boo. That's Jellystone. Whatever. It's supposed to be Yellowstone. I know it is. Yeah. Thank you. But that's Jellystone. The more you know, dude. <laughs> Where's Yogi at? Yeah. This episode's going to be called Cheap Jokes. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Cheap, cheap jokes and cheap shots. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a TV series, though. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck. Thanks, Chad. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you for sending emails. And don't ever feel like you're sending too many emails or voice DMs. Call us. Leave a voicemail, my friend. All right. Now, we have an email that we've had for a long time from Matthew from Australia, by the way. I think we call him – his nickname is Turbo, by the way. And I've wanted to do this for a long time, and we haven't had the chance. So let's read Matthew's great email. And uh, Les, you take it away. Hello there, Sith Listers. Congrats on 100 episodes. Thanks, buddy. I must admit, I only started listening when Eric joined the crew, which is great. 
because Eric's been a great addition. Yes, he has. But since then, I've never missed an episode and love the chemistry you all have together. That's all, Eric, not us. Carlos and Eric, thank you for your positivity and your level-headed, informative takes on Star Wars, Marvel, and everything that's cool. Or uncool. I have a question with you. I have a question that may be best suited for a strumming with Struthers segment. Oh. What are your favorite Star Wars-inspired songs or albums? For me, it's got to be the band Ash from Northern Ireland with their debut album, 1977, released in 1996. Wow. Named after the year that George Lucas released his gift to the world, this is a punk pop love song to the spirit of youth, kung fu movies, and Star Wars. 1996 also happens to be the year that I met my wife. Oh, So this album holds a special place in my heart. Ash also released a cover of Cantina Band as a B-side of their single, Girl from Mars, and were invited to play at the rap party for the Phantom Menace at the request of Ewan McGregor. Obi-Wan approved. Ewan McGregor. Well, that's enough banging on about one of the best albums of the 90s. What do you guys think? Have you heard it? Any other Star Wars-inspired songs that you could recommend? Thanks again for the most excellent podcast, and I look forward to meeting you all at Celebration. Cheers, Turbo from Sydney, Australia. Thank you, Turbo. I'm just going to call you Turbo from now on. And Sydney, Australia, that is awesome that you listen to us. Thank you so much. That is badass. Pretty epic. That is epic. It's great. And thank you for giving us these recommendations. I haven't heard him yet but i know you sent me the link now i didn't want to click those links until i read your your full uh, email so i will listen to them as of uh, tonight but eric this was asked to our strumming with struthers star a rock god is there have you heard of this band or any songs and if not is there any star wars songs that you remember or know of you're into I have he- heard of them, and I'm not super familiar with their album, but I specifically remember that B-side of Cantina Band. Oh, that's cool. And and when it comes to Star Wars music, you know, there's been some there's been some stuff, but the the coolest thing that's come out of late is, and mind you, this is a, just a straight up, it's Star Wars music is Galactic Empire. And if you're not hip to Galactic Empire, they had a runaway viral hit with a cover of, I guess their first one was that really stuck hard was the Imperial March, and the band was dressed up. They shot it on a on a like a green screen stage. The drummers dressed as Boba Fett, and then the one of the guitar players was Darth Vader. Another one was a stormtrooper, and so on. Well, it took off like wildfire. And these guys are actually uh, studio owners and they produce several like kind of hardcore albums. Some of them, believe it or not, man, there's like this whole Christian rock movement of like really brutal, very technical guitar playing, very like math oriented type music that came out. They they actually engineered and produced some of that. But they put this project together and did a Kickstarter for it, and it they did really well with it. They ended up touring, and uh, the, what they do is they take the orchestral score, more or less, of the soundtrack songs and recreate them on guitar and bass. 
And then they, the drummer has to come up with drum parts to fit because, you know, there's not tons of percussion in it. And they do, <laughs> they do killer work. I don't have their second album yet, but their first one, it has, it opens up with the main theme of Star Wars and it ends with the outro, the finale from the, from A New Hope where it's, you know, it's basically like an overture where it has mm-hmm. all these yeah. themes it goes through. But some of the super big highlights in there are Duel of the Fates, Ooh. which Duel of the Fates is practically a metal song as it stands. this format is really cool you know they're just taking the they're taking the orchestral scores and playing the individual instruments as multi-track guitars so it's yeah it really highlights the parts you know for me i'm i mean i'm a musician and i listen to the orchestral scores and are floored by them but when i hear it rendered as guitar and bass it really makes me that much more aware of the timbre and the different parts because i'm so much more familiar with the voice of the guitar than i am an entire orchestra. Sure. It's really cool stuff. Blink had a song called Princess Leia. I think it was called New Hope. Princess Leia, where are Blink-182. Queens of the Stone Age had a one called These Aren't the Joys We're Looking For. Those were two ones that I remember. But other than that, um, yeah, I'm going to check out your uh, recommendations, buddy. Thank you so much for sending that email. All right. Yeah, I- man. Turbo is awesome. Yeah, yeah, he is. Thank you, Turbo. Keep sending more, my friend. I think that wraps it up for us this week on episode number 106. We have some great guests coming on soon. Um, we'll not tell you who they are until we're confirmed, but it's going to be a good... We had a really good run for a while, and we're going to have another great run. So we have some cool people confirmed. I also want to do a shout-out for a new podcast, a Star Wars podcast, it's called the Bucketheads Podcast, and Aaron on Twitter, I've been uh, talking to him, and he is a local, I'm talking so local that they're pretty much right down the street from us, and they're a great new podcast. Check them out. You can check them out on Podbean and on Stitcher and iTunes, so the Bucketheads Podcast, follow them, listen to them. They're cool. Maybe they're so close they can come over here and have a beers with us and pot it up. That'd be very cool. That'd be very cool. All right, guys. Anything else, Mr. Struthers? No, man. That's it. Where can people listen to your beautiful voice? Check out this week's The Bad Motivators. We dropped the episode actually this morning, and it was cool because I was right there with Luke, and Dallas, of course, was still in Salt Lake City you know, via the magic of the internet. It's really good app. All right, Les, where can people find you? At Les is on Twitter, at LesIsMore78. Follow him, guys. He's a great follow. He's very active on Twitter. <laughs> Even more active on Twitter. Boo, where can people find you? Oh, yeah. Very active. Very active. Uh, at the Sith list, Boo. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode number 106 of the Sith list. We'll be back next week. 
for your listening pleasures. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See you next week on episode number 107 of The Sit List. Looking to see how much we